and welcome to today's episode of Chapter by Chapter for Eye of the World. I am your host, Will Cowan, and with me, like always, is the dapper, Mr. Steve Haynes. Steve Haynes, how are you doing today? Uh, hello, Will. <laughs> dapper as always. That is the uh, worst <laughs> English accent I have ever heard. It wasn't English. It wasn't? It was South Cockney Wales. Oh, sorry. That, <laughs> then it's pretty good. I'm going to apologize not, to not, everyone not. for everything I've said in the last 15 seconds. <laughs> yep. Uh, but welcome <laughs> to today's episode of Chapter by Chapter. And today's chapter? That's right. It's chapter... What chapter is it? It's chapter 12. Or chapter 12. <laughs> it's chapter 12. Across the Terran. Taran. Listen, guys, I'm having a rough time today. It's Tuesday, I think. And hey, I need you guys to, to give me a break here. Chapter 12, Across the Taran. We're going across that Taran, yo. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, if you were with us with our last episode, which if you weren't, go back, listen to that episode, then come back here, and then you know what we're talking about. Uh the group, our team, our quest buddy role-playing team. Our band of adventurers. A band of adventurers <clears throat> have reached the Tarn uh, River, and they're about to cross. They've given some money over to Master Hightower, who is the, the river's ferryman. and uh, He has granted about, them passage. They're basically ready to go. Master Hightower... <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a drier throat today. Uh, Master Hightower... He runs off. He grabs a few of his buds. But before he comes back... He grabs... Lan, you say he grabs buds, but he grabs like like five or six buds. Yeah. Who are more of like guards. Yeah. They fairy, are guards. They're like fairy ferrymen guys, guards. But like the, the, what I was trying to get to was um, when he before he comes back, I think Lan kind of... Tells everybody to kind of get their weapons ready in a way. Well, Lan, I think a couple a couple of things. I think Lan sees the concern and sort of doubt in Master Hightower because Master Hightower is also, you know, a little cautious of this band of yep. adventurers. So Lan tells everyone to pull their cloaks back and expose their weapons. Um, yeah, it goes both ways because it's kind of like showing people. Don't fuck with us, but it's also showing people we're showing our weapons. We're not hiding anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he Lan kind of has a little bit of a conversation with um, Rand about about that, about that specific subject, because he's like, we just don't know. They they may not trust us. We don't really trust them. And Rand's kind of <clears throat> having this realization at this moment, like, oh my god, like the real world sucks. <laughs> yeah, and. So Master Hightower sees all this happening. I mean, he see because they, yes, they have exposed their weapons, but they also put their hands on the hilts and, you know, they're ready and just in case. Um, yeah. Everyone except for the Gleeman, Tom, who is like picking out his fingernails with a dagger, just like hanging out, which well, like, is also oddly intimidating. Well, like he, the way that they, he describes, he pulls out the knife, they like, he just like flips it and he does like a, this cool twirl thing and he starts yeah. picking his teeth with it or like picking his nails with it or picking something. Picking his nails and his teeth and twirling it around and just being like, I, just showing his, his prowess and skill. Yeah. 
in the dagger. Which I don't know if that's more like a don't fuck with me sort of thing or more of a... It's both. Again, it's both. Or just kind of like entertaining. Just kind of poof. It's both. No, it's not. He's not doing it to entertain. He's doing it to show his dagger and he's doing it to show his skill with the dagger. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're totally right. Um, They all get onto the ferry. Once they've kind of set up that expectation between the the two groups like there's not really a lot of trust it's going just on tension here. yeah yeah they all board the ferry and they start crossing the river and the river is still just like covered in fog they can't yeah. see anything in fact like uh when when the group when the the ferryman's group comes by there's a little sentence that mentions about how the torch that one of them's carrying is burning the fog around it like that's how thick the fog is it's it's yeah. you can see it's it magic getting, fog. it's magic fog and it's burning in in that and that sort of stuff so uh it's still pretty th- they're still treating it as if they're being pursued well they are right now because yeah. they can still hear the um the what's it called that they the can still hear the drakar um in the distance screaming yeah. like a man with knives dying from knives and uh you know they they can hear it and some people think that it is still coming after them but lan yeah. is just like don't worry it's just looking for us it's not coming after us it's far far yeah away. it's far yeah and they can kind of hear like drift off and then come back and then drift off and come back yeah um finally they cross the tarn river they get to the other side and they're they start paying uh master hightower and the and his team the the yeah, other half right. of money of money plus some extra silver coins moraine's like we're gonna give you some extra silver coins and really for- it was like they weren't he didn't bring like guards or anything per se like like i misspoke i guess they were more like like he mentions like like he brought people he, he basically brought other sets of eyes yeah just yeah. he didn't want to make sure he was gonna he want he didn't want to get robbed he didn't want to get hurt he didn't know but he's like if well, i bring six other guys i'm probably safe yeah, and on top of that, it's a ferry, and they have like they have to pull in fog. They have to pull it in fog. It's a ferry full of horses and people. Yeah, and they got someone's got to operate that thing. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. So like, I, I think it's definitely a multiple man team, but also having the extra set of eyes isn't, isn't a bad idea. But when they get across, they start paying the extra, the other half, and they start giving some coins to the rest of the team. And as that's happening, the ferry breaks off from its ropes and starts circling around in a whirlpool. That was not there before. And then it breaks apart and just floats down the river. And they're all like, what the hell is happening? Who's on the ferry at that part? What's that? Is anyone on the ferry at that point? No, they're all off the ferry at that point. Is anyone? Is there anyone on the ferry? No, I don't think there's anybody on the ferry. Because kind of the point um, that's being made here is that Moraine did this because Moraine and Lan don't really react to it. They're just kind of like, oh, that sucks. Here's yeah. some money. Oh, so I think that? everybody was off the off the ferry at that point and then it broke apart and just went down the river, which is kind of like they're covering their tracks. Exactly. And I think uh, while Lan and Rand were talking, they were Lan was like, I don't think th- this guy would like sell us to the Trollocs, but like, we don't know. Uh, but just to like add that bit of safety between and just c- cut off that little bit of uh, transportation that separates the mirror draw from the rest of the group. That's key to them. 
so they cut off the uh they moraine destroyed the ferry yeah using cutting off the trail hopefully ending the pursuit yeah exactly um and they go that sucks and they give him the money and they run off and that pretty much ends the the transaction between the two groups here they start walking through the forest and as they as they are walking further and further away from the river the far the fog starts to dissipate a little bit it starts to get a little bit clearer it's wearing off yeah wearing off and uh that's where moraine like i can't remember who says that. i wonder if it was matt or perrin it was, i think it was one of the kids but they're like why don't you just make it foggy all the way from here to Berlon? and moraine makes the point of like well if i did that they know where we're going because it'd be fog all the way there and the mirror draw can guess that no problem so instead she just like she kind of did this whole random area that kind of encompassed the 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 area where they could be but it would take hours for the jakar and the mirror draw to like fully navigate and fully investigate that entire area yeah because it was such a vast uh area yeah yeah vast distance it's a lot going it's a lot, a lot of trees man you gotta look every. you gotta look under every every tree you gotta scream a lot get people scared get them running get them running <laughs> uh so, so it's i think it's at this point when Egwene and moraine go into like a cave well they first get to their cat they get to their camp first right and it's it it shows that land already had this this point kind of picked out this area kind of picked out for a camp because he goes behind like a tree or a rock or something like that and he pulls out a bunch of provisions he's like good a spot as any and, I'm, and i like to be prepared and they set up camp for that night and then that's when Egwene and moraine moraine's like can i talk to you for a second Just yeah a little, little quick Do you chat. mind coming into this cool cave with me coming to i got this cool cave over Check here the spooky cave it's let's let's look i'm magic the cave <laughs> look i'm look i'm i'm like a wizard I'm this like a cave wizard. is like full of trees and branches and stuff it looks really cool come on in come on um just a way no you're wizard too harry yeah <laughs> yeah that's is that is the conversation that's the conversation that they have where uh moraine sits aside with uh Egwene and goes like you've got it You've got you've got the touch. Well, she tells her that she yeah that she actually doesn't have to learn the one power because she is uh, born with it. It comes yeah. to her inherently. Yeah, it's 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 not about uh, learning the power. It's more about how to access that power. You know, yeah. the way that she kind of describes it is that the power is like a river, and the Aes Sedai are like uh water wheels and they they kind of pick up that they power turn the river yeah. yeah 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 and i like that i like that kind of use uh, it and then it goes back exactly so it's not really their power it's not re- they're not conjuring anything it, they're just like working with the natural world that's in, that's around yeah them. the power is already there they're just sort of manipulating it yeah so then uh moraine's like we're going to do this uh she gives kind of like a little bit of a history of the Aes Sedai. Not a lot though, but she's, she talks about how the, uh, the one power is kind of broken into two different. Um, I can't remember if we've already talked about this on the pod, but the one power is broken up into two different 
genders, basically. There's like the Sidene uh, and the Sidar, maybe? Sardine? Sardines? You got the side, you got your sardines, and then you got your shrimps. Uh, I can't remember the the actual the terms here, but she's like kind of explaining a little bit of like how it's broken up between the she's, two. Yeah, she's giving her a breakdown, and then yeah. she gives her a stone, or she holds up a stone, and uh, sort of starts like she's like, let's just try something here, yeah, and starts trying to like talk her through the process of uh of channeling yeah and it works and the stone like lights up well like it, it mostly like does like flickering it's like a little flicker it's like it's a like, flicker it's something and uh then it's finally like the last little flicker is very dim very weak but it's still there and uh, uh Egwene's like oh this sucks like i thought it was gonna be more than that and moraine's like hold up you don't understand what you just did you don't know what you just did People like, that takes people like months of training, months of training, months of training. It yeah. t- takes forever. And you've been able to do that. So you have a very strong uh, connection to this one source, this true, uh, the true source, the one power. Uh, and she says this line, which I think we're, this is going to lead us into our glossary uh, where she's like, you can go far. Might even the, might even be on the Amarillin seat one day and the Amarillin mm. seat. What is the Amarillin Seat? What is the Amarillin Seat, Steve? The Amarillin Seat is the title of the leader of the Aes Sedai, elected for life by the Hall of the Tower, the highest council of the Aes Sedai, which consists of three representatives from each of the seven Ajas. The Amarillin Seat has, theoretically at least, almost supreme authority among the Aes Sedai. She ranks as the equal of a king or queen. So she is, yeah, she's queen, she's queen wizard, but she would queen be queen wizard. wizard. The, the Amberlin seat is the seat for the queen wizard. I love it. Essentially. See, um, this, is, this is why this show exists, to break it down. To break it down. Do for people that to, might uh, not know what an Amberlin seat is. Do we want to give the Aja glossary, the Aja glossary entry while we're at it? Yeah. So during that same conversation, um, Maureen mentions the red Aja uh, for how the, uh, like she kind of mentions the Ajas and we don't know what the Ajas are. Nobody knows exactly like each purpose of the Aja, but no, they've been mentioned a bunch, green, red, different colors. Yeah. In our last, in our last podcast, actually, we, we talked about uh, Ajas a little bit, but dive into it, Steve. What are Ajas? The Aja are societies among the Aes Sedai, to which all Aes Sedai belong. They are designated by colors. Blue Aja, Red Aja, White Aja, Green Aja, Brown Aja, Yellow yellow Aja, and Gray Aja. Each follows a a specific philosophy of the use of the One Power and purposes of the Aes Sedai. For example... The Red Aja bends all its energies to finding and gentling men who are attempting to wield the power. The Brown Aja, on the other hand, forsakes involvement with the world and dedicates itself to seeking knowledge. There are rumors, hotly denied and never safely mentioned in front of any Aes Sedai, of a Black Aja, dedicated 
to serving the Dark One. So the Black Aja definitely exists. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yep, 100%. And they definitely serve that Dark Lord. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I actually had to deal with the Brown Aja this morning, <laughs> which was a little unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, so the Aja are different. Um, the, this Aes Sedai thing is is deep. It's vast. It is all across the world. These are different segments, different covenants, different sectors uh, of the Aes Sedai. Yeah. Um, do you say no? No, I said yep. Yeah. All dealing with different things, as we said there. So that's something that I'm sure we will get more and more of and learn about all the different ones. We'll see we'll see some red ashes and green ashes and brown ashes on the on the road ahead for sure. Um and that more or less wraps up this chapter here. Egwene I said the, the ending of the chapter is the is her exclaiming to Rand, going like, I'm gonna be an eye to die. So Yeah, she's pretty stoked. She's pretty stoked, and it ends the chapter on pretty on a, a pretty upbeat note. Which uh, a lot of the chapters up to this point have been kind of sad, not a lot of upbeats, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that wraps up the chapter today. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with chapter thirteen, choices, choices, which, which is very ominous. Choices. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, uh, and yeah, we'll see you guys all tomorrow choices.